It's give value, give value, give value, give value, ask, right? And that holds true, especially now because people are very discerning because there's so much noise. So you do tend to stand apart when you do less asking and more giving. Now we can't get out of whack. You have to pay your bills. Yeah. But when you add value, people throw my people, you know, I, do, I have a co-working space that we opened in January of COVID year. So March 31st, three months later, I was locking the door, right? And we were closed for a number of months and it was, it's been crazy. But people have said, Michelle, what's your cash app? I just want to, I just want to donate. I just want to put a seed in because I've given them value in whatever way that they've seen it. So now they want to give value to me. So that's the, you know, plant the tree 20 years ago approach. If you're planting the tree today, start today by giving value. Welcome to the Life Boss Podcast. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Karen Mieses here, your business strategist and productivity expert, calling BS on the lies keeping us stuck. I share with you the top tips and tricks to hug your body, soul, and mind so that you squash all the overwhelm, stop glorifying stress, and design a business that brings you joy. If you are ready to show up and work smarter, I want to show you how to become unstoppable. Let's dive in. Today, I have a very special guest here on the Life Bus podcast. It's somebody that I met online. And for those of you that follow me a lot, you know that I do not have a lot of attention span to follow too, too long to anybody <laughs> online. But this woman has captivated me and I cannot find any other person to talk to us about relationship marketing and how to build a community online like Michelle Talbert. And I'm saying it right. Always. <laughs> yes. And uh, Michelle is a speaker, strategist, again, relationship marketer, and she helps organizations build communities, not just co-workers. And since all this COVID-19 started, she has been on a mission. Like, guys, I have goosebumps right now just saying this. She's been on a mission to help small business owners, solopreneurs, side hustlers, finding resources, building connections, especially when you were depending on food traffic. Because it's been a big, big challenge to force ourselves to go online and for those of us that we have been building a business online one thing is when we do it purposefully another thing is when you are dumped into it and michelle has been an amazing resources she has been giving out to the community like there's no tomorrow she has never put her products in front of helping and I was very honored to participate a few uh, weeks back in the small, No Small Business Behind Summit. So I am selling you, like, you, can, you, you have to buy anything that she puts out there because it's her heart. But Michelle, tell us, tell us a little bit about you, about your passion, your mission, and how are you building a community, this magic of you, of building a community that transcends the digital world. 
Absolutely. Well, Karen, first of all, thank you for the invitation. I'm so excited to be here. I think you're amazing. Your listeners already know you're amazing and your viewers already know you're amazing. And I just really appreciate the way that you are heart-centered and you have a heart for our businesses, for women entrepreneurs, and for entrepreneurs to level up. And so I love that we're in each other's orbits because the, the zone of genius is right there for both of us. So thank you for this opportunity. So they say the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Yeah. Right? And that holds true for developing relationships. When we think about the idea of building your wells before you're thirsty so that you can get what you need when you need it versus trying to find the water when you're parched, that's the time we're in right now. And so, you know, I know that we're going to talk about a few things. And so I really wanted to just lay the foundation for people who have already dug their wells that now is the time that it's okay to take sips and gulps and get what you need. And for those of us who haven't yet built our wells, but we need water, let's talk about how we can get folks in your funnel, get folks in your, you know, sphere so that you can also do selling and make connections that are profitable and equitable ethical right equitable yeah. ethical profitable all of that <laughs> so for me i graduated high school and thought i was going to go straight into the air force and i ended up going to work for the federal government i got a good government job which is what a lot of our parents tell us to do um and by the time i was 22 i was a single divorced mom with two kids under two years old and a high school education and working by day as a secretary and then during the day, I would work. And after 10 years, we transferred, my two little elementary school children and I transferred up to Ithaca, went to Cornell University. I graduated at 30 and then went straight to law school. And so this was like this 16 year journey of education. And I started practicing law in DC and hated it. Right? Ah. I uprooted my kids. We went to, from D.C. to Ithaca to Philly to London to all of these places, you know, pursuing mommy's education and we got buy-in and all of that. And we had fun, no doubt. But it was just, I realized that I was so focused on getting to the end result that I didn't realize whether or not I would love the end result. Right. So I did practice for a number of years in D.C., but I also self-published a book about online dating because remember I was divorced, right? I so, <laughs> and so the guy who I wrote it with, we wrote it after we broke up. So we met online and self-published this book. And it was around, it was 2011. And one of my friends was like, you know, you should really go on Twitter. And I was like, Twitter, what the heck is Twitter? Right? So I set up a Twitter account. And I start tweeting. And this was my foray into what became relationship marketing and community, community creation, right? And I was like inserting myself into what we used to call tweet chats and Twitter meetups and all kinds of stuff. And Ebony Magazine editor reached out to me in my inbox and said, we'd love to feature you. And this is Ebony, like Ebony Magazine, like my grandmother's coffee table, my mother's coffee table, my coffee table, Ebony Magazine. So I became hooked on social media from then, but also hooked on how do you insert yourself into conversations in a really organic way? Because that's how so many of our, especially early opportunities came to us. And even you say it now, people just happen to see me talking all the time <laughs> online, whatever the subject is, right? 
that I feel is something that I have value to add. And so that's really what the community is about. It's about adding value. So inserting yourself into conversations that exist already or creating your own conversation and making it a safe place for people to come. So at its basic level, that's who I am and that's what I do. Oh my God, I love that about also creating the space where people feel safe to talk about. And uh, I think one of the BS lies that as entrepreneurs, when we get into digital marketing, uh, the bad things that we have been fed into, and unfortunately, many people think that that's the reality, is that you have to be everywhere. You have to repurpose, and then it have been uh, a little bit getting out of content that being everywhere doesn't mean to, does, does not mean that you have to be part of every single conversation. So you can choose where do we be participating so that you are building the communities that add value. How do you select the conversations that you are part of? Uh, they matter to me. Yes! <laughs> you know, but, but sometimes it's like, duh. But many times we feel that, and, and I see this with my, my students and, and my clients, that they feel that if it is a hot topic, they have to participate, but you don't have to. I think it's very hard. And I have to, sometimes I have to say to myself, nope, that's not your battle. <laughs> Stay away from that one. <laughs> and it depends, right? Because there's... There, well, really, this is a conversation, like a whole different conversation, but the conversation about personal versus corporate branding, right? Because I know that my voice on LinkedIn is very different than my voice on Instagram, which is somewhat, somewhat different from my voice on Facebook. They're all authentically me. I'm just cognizant of the audience who's there and who I'm speaking with, right? So I am a Black woman. I am unapologetically Black right? I love being a Black woman, and I will shout it from every mountaintop, and I think we're in a really rough patch right now, but we actually also have a lot of opportunity right now, and I'm not going to be quiet about that even on LinkedIn. So how I present it on LinkedIn may be less political maybe than how I would present it on Facebook, but the same underlying point of discussion that I think has relevance is what I look to articulate. So if that, if that makes sense. So I think really that's the branding side, right? But then yeah. the other piece is, and I just had this conversation recently with another entrepreneur because I told him, I think he's passionate about entrepreneurship. And I'm passionate about helping entrepreneurs grow and develop, et cetera. So he can build any business because he's really fascinated by what makes entrepreneurship work, what makes a small business work. And I don't care as much about that. I want to be profitable, but I'm really like, how can I make the biggest impact? And neither is incorrect. The goal is to really identify it for yourself because then that drives every decision you make, every conversation that you enter, or choose not to enter. There are loads of things that I see on the internet and I get like Dory in Finding Nemo. <laughs> just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. You know, don't get sucked into that one because what value does it bring? Um, I don't remember who said the quote, but it's like, don't speak unless you can improve the silence. 
I think that's fine with, with our businesses and our brands and the fact that especially on Facebook, there's a big hybridization of your personal brand, your personal life. Like my grandmother posts on my business. You know, what are you going to do? This is the reality we live in. So it's really about making sure it's in alignment with your personal brand. It doesn't have to be quote unquote passion driven all the time, but at least make it be uh, value driven all the time. So how, uh, okay, somebody starting out and have the need to create more uh, awareness about their brand, about their business, all the changes. And yes. like, for example, I know that my sister will love this because she hates social media and I do a lot of the stuff for her. But she has found that now she has to be there because people are not seeing her otherwise. So uh, for those people that are really uncomfortable, where can they start? I would say going to other people's communities, right? And just watching what's being said and taking time to uh, answer where they think, again, that they have value to add. Always, when, when I'm doing workshops on entrepreneurship, I always, always, always find that as business owners and creatives, we get so enthralled with the features of what we've created, right? I'm like, oh, I put, I showed you the sofa here in the space. I was like, Carol, look, look, it's like your colors, right? I'm so excited. But the people who come into my space to host their events want to know, is it comfortable, right? So that's the same thing in our businesses. We have to focus on the benefits to the audience to whom we're trying to attract or to whom we're speaking. And the goal is always value first, right? Gary Vaynerchuk's old book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. So it's give value, give value, give value, give value, ask, right? And that holds true, especially now because people are very discerning because there's so much noise. So you do tend to stand apart when you do less asking and more giving. Now we can't get out of whack, you have to pay your bills. Yeah. But when you add value, people throw my people, you know, I, do, I have a co-working space that we opened in January of COVID year. So March 31st, three months later, I was locking the door, right? And we were closed for a number of months and it was, it's been crazy. But people have said, Michelle, what's your cash app? I just want to, I just want to donate. I just want to put a seed in because I've given them value in whatever way that they've seen it. So now they want to give value to me. So that's the, you know, plant the tree 20 years ago approach. If you're planting the tree today, start today by giving value. You might not get asked for your cash app by everybody, but they'll notice you and continue to show up and be consistent. And that really will go a long way as well. Oh, that's so box. Love it. <laughs> that's so true. And this one definitely is going to be like, I think, one of the promos <laughs> because it's so right there. And it makes me think, uh, what do you do to avoid getting on the friend zone and have still people buying? Because sometimes it's, so uh, especially for those like me that are very empathic, we are helpers. How do you, in this social and being social and being friendly and, and, and sharing and helping, how do you not get lost into asking? Yeah. How do you balance that? Um, 
Well, let's see. First of all, can I say pissed off on your show? Of course you can. <laughs> well, let's start with I got pissed off. You know when I got pissed off? I got pissed off a number of years ago when I noticed that, and this is not their fault. This is my fault, right? I noticed that I was giving a lot of value away in an effort to build my audience and help them, right? So I had a podcast. I had a community of over 1,500 women. I was constantly sharing resources. I was creating challenges and courses, and almost everything was free. And the one time I launched something that had a cost to it, very, very few purchased. Sorry, I'm in my co-working space. People want me anyway. Um, so very few people purchased, right? And I thought, huh, that's interesting. And I saw them continue to consume the free stuff, right? And then I started seeing them pop up at other people's conferences and other people's events and consuming other people's paid products that were similar to mine, but I knew mine were better, right? And then come and ask me for additional help, right? So I got pissed because I realized that I undervalued myself. Mm. Right. And those people went out there and got what they thought had value because there was a price affixed to it. So sometimes we do ourselves a huge disservice by not charging. Also, there's a really great book because I had money mindset issues. I mean, we, a lot of us do. Right. Yeah, all the I have plenty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they come from our parents and all different places of, you know, worth and imposter and whatever you might be dealing with. Right frugality, overly so, you know, there's all different layers to this. And I read a book and now I read it like twice a year, two or three times a year, I listen to it by Jen Shinshiro called You Are a Money-Making Badass. It changed my life. My entire life was changed because I realized that I was undervaluing myself because of some crud that I had underlying about my own self-worth. And people were telling me, no, the stuff you do is great. They're not going to say charge me for it necessarily, right? Because if they can get it for free, I can't be mad at them. But I was getting angry and resentful. But it wasn't their fault. It was mine, right? And so then by the time I decided to charge people, in that instance, it was kind of like, well, you gave us so much for free. Why would you stop giving us stuff for free? <laughs> yeah. But I also used to be the same way. And I used to consume, consume, consume. And there is a, a really um, very well-known podcaster named Pat Flynn who has a podcast uh, that he started called Smart Passive Income. Oh, I know. So, yes. Pat and I, back in 2008, 2009, started in the same mastermind. And I did the free version of the mastermind. He paid for the, the next level. And he was making, you know, six, and I think he had some seven-figure months, right, in the intervening years. So this is 12 years ago. I had him on my show a few years back and I said, you know, we were in that same mastermind together. What made you pay? And he said, they had given me so much value for free. I couldn't not pay. Right. And then he was light years ahead of me economically. I was cheap and scared and oh, podcast. It's 2009. Like, do I really pay for somebody to teach me how to make money online? I was scared. And so scared money don't make money is a saying in my community. And that's what happened. I didn't make any money. And look at look how many more years it took me, you know, to finally, number one, stand in my self-worth. Now I pay for people's products. All I'm like, how much does that cost? Here you go. Here you go. Because I don't want to stop that circulation of money. 
I want it to come back around to me and I want to circulate it and put it out into the atmosphere as well. But it took education, learning, studying. Agnes Kowalski is an awesome, awesome money coach as well. She has great information that she shares about money mindset and definitely ensuring that you know your worth and then charge your worth and that it's okay. People want to pay. Amen. Drop the mic. Boom. Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, do you have like a flow? How, how frequently do you present your paid products? Every day. Every day. Yes. People don't realize it. People buy from me almost every day. That's the thing, right? Some of it is kind of stealth. Um, it's not manipulative. I want to say that at the outset. Everything that I post is genuine. I just have found that when I speak in gratitude, amazingly, people will buy, right? And I mean it because the authenticity resonates. So, for instance, today, I just... <laughs> One of our, 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 our folks in the space, I do virtual office mail services and he can't get here to pick up mail. So his mail is piling up and he called me and he said, you know what, Michelle, do you think you could offer scanning services? Do you mind just opening all the mail that you've sent me pictures of? I have no problem with you opening the mail and just scanning it to me. How much would you charge for that? And I was like, uh, 10 bucks a month. It was like, done, done. <laughs> It was so easy, right? So then today I was like, hey, listen to your market. And definitely we just added on a new service, right? I'm so thankful that our customers come to us and tell us what they need. And then I can provide it. That thing was up on my website. People are calling about it, buying it already, you know? So it is something that is a small thing, right? 10 bucks a month, 100 bucks a year. But the point is that I offered it out there. It's out there. It's not a hard sell. It's just like this exists and if you want it, here it is. So if you can do it in that way, that can also be helpful is to make it presented. It's an offer. It's an invitation. It's not a demand. Yeah, and uh, it reminds me when I reach out to you and say, hey, Michelle, who does all your social media? Because I need help. I said, I do it. Really? And they said, well, I can do it for you and I'm like okay do it because is what you said you nailed it right there is the trust when you trust somebody you know that they are gonna have you and they are going to deliver and I tell you guys like uh I've never found somebody that I can delegate my voice like Michelle and I've oh, worked yeah. with a lot of marketers in the last eight years and it's very, very hard, which is, uh, brings me to another question. How do you plan your content or do you plan your content? It's a mixture. It's, it's a mixture. A mixture. Um, I, I, I do a mixture of both curation and creation, right? So when you curate content, it's when you see something that's cool and you share it. You reshare it. You might put your own twist on it. You attribute it back to the original poster, whatever that looks like. And so there's videos that I see out there or quotes that I see out there. I'm like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. And I think even you said to me, it's almost like a writing prompt because then it helps you. Maybe it's on message, but in a cool way. It, it somehow gives people a moment to go, huh, I never thought about her business from that perspective, right? Or I never thought 
about that at all. Uh, yesterday, this thing has gone wild on my page. Um, girls who used to get uh, talks too much on their report card are now all powerful women, right? That thing has gone gangbusters. And it was a tweet by someone else, Ev Evelyn somebody. I don't even know who the woman is. But um, I, I was like, this is so true. We all talk too much. And it's resonating, right? So that's the curation. That's using other people's content that, that aligns with my voice and then maybe sharing something on top of it to my audience who may not have seen it. And then the other part is creation, where I actually like, you know, like you're creating this podcast. This is your created content, where you write a blog post, where you create content that you then share. And so for me, I do a mixture of the two. And I also think in memes and gifs, which is probably a problem, but <laughs> I do. It's just my life. And so I also have a library. I keep a library of things that I think are amazing. Um, I also know where to find the stuff that I might have deleted out of my phone that I thought was amazing and no longer amazing. And now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's um, something that I should definitely use and I go find it again. Um, so for me, I keep a library, things pop up, and I can go back years to content that makes sense now. I share things that I've written in 2015, 2016 that are very pertinent right now right so i think that it is um what works best for you i probably spend more time than the average person on social media but it, it re, you know yields certain rewards for me and it, it's an alignment like gary vaynerchuk spends more time than the average person on social media too right but we still get our other stuff done so i wouldn't aspire like to my levels but just know that if you have a really nice blend of what you create and what you curate you can definitely have a really robust social media posting life so how do you follow up once you have people that are engaging with you and you know we kind of pinpoint what are the the people that are always with you how do you move them to the next level do you invite them to the email list do you have i know that you have the on chamber how do you create kind of a customer journey for them well, one of the things that I've started doing recently, you did mention the Unchamber, which is my answer to wanting to leave Facebook. And it is for business owners. It is a community specifically for business. So your grandmother is not going to be posting on your business there. But it's basically the concept of we know of chambers of commerce where people meet face to face. In your city, your little local area will have a chamber of commerce come to business and you know hand out uh, business cards, meets Facebook online services. And so the on chamber is a community of people who are interested in doing business together and have all different types of um, access to different types of resources. We have a COVID-19 group, which is COVID and money. So everything that's like, here's money if you've suffered in COVID on your business and apply for these grants and things like that, to mindfulness where we have affirmations and and, and just like getting back to Zen, if you can, in your business. Um, so for me, I think the important thing is really just focusing on who do I want to serve and then where do I want to drive them? I've started doing voice notes in DMs on both LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm. I don't really do them on Facebook as much. Um, here's the other problem, which I'm glad you asked that question. What I've run into is that a lot of people try to do business in the inbox and I might not get the alert because I don't have alerts on for my Instagram. 
And so like a day later, I'm like, they're like, are you open? I'm like, we were, you know? So my goal is to move them as quickly into, hey, do you want to keep up with X, the, the Unchamber? Do you want to keep up with her power space? What brand would you like to stay in touch with? And then giving them a reason to give me their email there. Right. And I'm still working on that. You are the master of that. So I am following what you say to do there. So, I mean, for me, Karen, I follow your lead, right? You are the master, the mistress of email funnels because I find that I had leakages in my business when people try to make do business in my inboxes. That drives me nuts. And it's all my fault because I've created this now see, learn, make your own mistakes, don't make mine. The thing about being seeming so approachable online is that people approach you <laughs> and they approach you where they live. They don't live on your email list until they've connected with you. And so I literally have to force myself to be sure to check all of my inboxes. And sometimes I still miss some of them because they meet me where I am. And so if I've posted something on Instagram on the Her Power Moves account, that's the DMs they're going to drop into to say, hey, are you open? Hey, can I learn more about you? But the other thing that I have been doing is using voice notes. So I will send a voice note, hey, it's so great to connect with you. I'm really looking forward to learning more about what you do. I'll send them my Calendly link. I always give a 15 minute complimentary consultation. Or I'll say, here's some, uh, how you can get more information about on our newsletter list or something like that based on what they've asked me about. So generally speaking, when people show up in my inbox, I try to get them out of my inbox and into another place where I have better uh, efficiency with managing their communication. Yeah. But I'm still learning from you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the reality is that uh, I think that all of us overachievers get stuck into planning and thinking that it has to be perfect on our head. And the reality is that we are never going to know if that system is going to work until we put it to run. Right. And we tested with uh, real, real people. So I love it that we have talked about so much into what is it that um, relationship marketing encompasses. And uh, you talk about value, like knowing our values and staying true to who we are mixing that curated content with with the creation of content creating the boundaries you have given us so much creating the boundaries as to what conversations i'm gonna be there and be courageous to ask for our worth our value ask for the sale <laughs> uh, we have these services like if you you give a lot for free what are what is the next level you I'm gonna be invested, but you have to be invested. So, uh, and I and I love that uh, that you have integrated into that. Then let's get deeper and move into the on chamber. And I'm gonna put that on the show notes because it's an amazing community and a curated. I'm talking about curation, a curated community because Michelle, you bring amazing people together. So, I. Uh, like if you want to start with this relationship marketing, I love it when you said meet yourself where, where you are at. Like you don't have to do everything. You don't have to do everything that Michelle does, which is a lot. Uh, her kids are grown. Mine are not. So uh, my, my availability to be there, which is really interesting and I can get sucked in, but I have other things to do. So uh, 
be true to yourself and set those boundaries. So Michelle, uh, what have been the biggest challenge to overcome through this COVID season? Um, when I said I locked our door on March 31st, April, we were down 95% revenue. Wow. And that was scary. It was challenging. I almost want to cry now. Um, you know, we're not, we're by far not out of the woods, but we're getting, you know, some revenue is flowing again. And so even though I had the background of knowing how to maneuver online, because getting a brick and mortar space was already such a huge mental shift for me in terms of what I could really do as a businesswoman. Um, I felt like this is a global pandemic, but it sure as hell feels personal, right? And it impacted all of us differently, but it impacted all of us. And it has been the biggest challenge for me to ensure that I don't get so mired down in the personal nature of how this all feels, that it debilitates my gifts. And so the first couple of weeks when things were just like, I, I, I could not see light at the end. Oh, it's not easy. This is not easy. And I couldn't see light at the end of the tunnel. And I just had to get out of bed. And one day I turned on my IG Live and I just started to talk about another woman business and why people should buy from her. And every day I did these Her Power, Her Lights, and I was in so much pain and so afraid, but I had to shine a light out or else I was gonna fall into the abyss. And every day I just highlighted a different woman business owner. She didn't know I was doing it. I just did it. It was just something I had to do. And little by little, I felt better. And nothing changed, right? <laughs> nothing changed, but I did. And sometimes that's really what it's about, the change that you make internally, and then how can you manifest it externally? What can you really do? Because we can study, we can learn, we can do all kind of manifesting, you know, exercises, but until we are punched in the gut or challenged, we don't know what we're made of. All right, Michelle, I've been honored to have you here. And I have one more question to wrap this thing off. And I always like to close the show with a experiment to try for my audience, like something that they can do this week. One thing that they could do to start getting more social in social media with the relationship uh, relationship marketing? Choose if they are on Instagram or Facebook and they are finding that people like or comment on something they've posted, I challenge them to send a voice note in the inbox of at least three people who have liked or commented, who are not related by blood or marriage, who have liked or commented on a piece of content that they have shared on their social media platform, any social media platform, and they can even do it in LinkedIn. I, I challenge them to do that. Just start the conversation and see what happens. Just even just saying thank you. I appreciate it. 
You know, it doesn't have to, it's not a sale. It's literally gratitude. Just show gratitude. Yes, I love that. I'm going to take that challenge because I'm not like good into breaking the ice. So I think that that strategy is a really easy one. Just say, yeah. thank you. Thank you for being here. And yep. we might like somebody else's day in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know when people take the time to comment on my posts, it really does lift my day sometimes. You know, sometimes, especially the inspirational ones, they're for me. I'm like, whoever else might need this, but this is a note to self right now, right? Get out of bed, girl. <laughs> Go brush your teeth. You know, try to get to the office. It's not always easy. This is a tough path. So just showing up and saying thank you for someone else, raising their hand and saying, hey, I appreciate what you just put into the world. You just never know what can go from there. I love it. So guys, this is a wrap and you're going to have everything about how to connect with Michelle and the Chamber in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Karen. This was awesome. Thank you for tuning in, Rockstar. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. Also, head over to lifebosspodcast.com to get access to some free resources to help you with today's experiment. Do you want to be a guest? Email me to the lifebosspodcast at gmail.com to learn how.